It's another beautiful day, and my co-pilot is in the back jamming, and we're doing chores and enjoying the crisp, cool weather outside and doing all the things. And we decided to come to you with another episode of the most dangerous podcast in the land. So let's get it. <laughs> the DJ had a technical difficulty, but I thought I told you that we don't stop. <laughs> Welcome to the Help Myself Podcast. I am your host, John M. Singletary Sr. I got to put that senior in there because my junior is running around here. The sun is shining. The air is crisp with a little chill in it. It's a beautiful day. And so I feel like it's a beautiful opportunity to have some conversation. You know, some of my friends say conversation rules the nation. And as a matter of fact, we're going to get into that a little bit. As we talk about platinum rule thoughts and empathetic communication. So I look forward to kind of breaking that down for y'all on another installment of the most dangerous podcast in the land. Huh. Should I say that? Absolutely. Because I've been saying it. And it's been true. Um, So I thank you for rocking with us. I thank you for your support of the Help Myself Podcast. Listen, we are winding down. We are officially heading into the last month of 2023. You know, and <laughs> you know, and it's and and it's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. Now, granted, as I'm recording this, we're probably still in November, but although we might be in November, we close. We are close to that that last month. You know, and um, you know, excited about getting ready for Christmas. Excited about getting ready for a new year excited about families getting together uh i definitely enjoy the season and the energy and the spirit of thanksgiving um i've got some interesting feedback (laughs) from my thanksgiving drop um but you know i think that thanksgiving is important and i think a spirit of thankfulness is important but i also don't think it hurts to have knowledge And that was one of the things in my leadership journey that I always said I wanted to give my teams knowledge and information power so that they can make uh, high-level informed decisions. You know, you can't make decisions when uh, you're not clear, you're not accurate, you're not detailed, you don't have depth or breadth or relevance in the information that you're giving. So it's important 
uh, that you have that good information so that you can make high quality decisions that are logical and that are able to resonate outside of your own sphere of belief and influence. So um, since we're talking about Christmas, hey, let's pay some bills. But um, also, man, listen, power by purpose is making excellent stocking stuff. You're looking to change your life. So let's get into this first and I'll talk about it a little bit more. The Help Myself Podcast brought to you by Q Images run by Timothy Quisenberry. It's a world-class, veteran-owned and operated Las Vegas-based photography company. Whether you need on-site, in-studio, or on-location photography, be prepared to receive top-notch, innovative, and high-level professionalism from Q Images. While other photographers take photos, Q Images captures memories and creates experiences. Go to Q Images dot smugmug.com or instagram at que underscore images also the book powered by purpose written by none other than your host john m singletary senior get your copy today at the help myself podcast.com written by none other than your host <laughs> John M. Singletary. Get your copy today at www.thehelpmyselfpodcast.com to get an autographed copy. Now, listen, if you uh, prefer to be a little more private and aren't really that pressed for it to be autographed by me, the book is available on Amazon.com. You know, you can use your Prime membership and get it delivered very quickly. But, uh, you know, I definitely think that my signature adds that extra sauce. Listen, when the blow up happens, you're going to want to have a copy with a signature because it's going to be worth something. It's worth something now because not because of, you know, famous and all of that. It's worth something because it will change your life. It will change your life. It will do some great things for you as far as your mindset and the way that you look at and value yourself. And the way that you step forward and position yourself. So I definitely, definitely want to encourage you to run. Don't walk. Don't glide. Run to the helpmyselfpodcast.com. Grab you a copy of Power by Purpose. You'll definitely enjoy it. So today we want to talk about the Platinum Rule Thoughts. So Platinum Rule Thoughts. Um, Let's be clear on the platinum rule thoughts. So I'll redefine the platinum rule. Obviously, we know the golden rule is to do unto others as you would want done unto you. But the platinum rule is to do unto others as they would want done unto them. And so the platinum rule requires us to look beyond ourselves. And let's not get it twisted. The golden rule is still a high quality. Um, I still affirm the golden rule um, because the golden rule is if I would want someone to be kind to me and to mine, I would be kind to them and theirs. The golden rule is if I would want excellent service, I will provide excellent service. So the golden rule is important and foundational. And all the platinum rule does is just extend that a little bit more. And I think the platinum rule is especially uh, important as we get into interpersonal relationships, 
relationships with people that you know and have some familiarity with, it becomes more important to engage. It's hard for me to engage in the platinum rule if I'm somewhere in the public and I don't know a person. So I can engage in the golden rule because I should just do right by others because I would want others to do right by me. But in the platinum rule, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's just a matter of like understanding this person, understanding what they value, understanding what's important to them. Um, you know, like for instance, I love red velvet cake, but I understand that everybody does not like red velvet cake. And so if it's somebody I, I'm, um, you know, in some sort of relationship with their friendship, you know, whatever family, and we know each other and I know that their favorite cake is German chocolate and I like red velvet. And the golden rule to give them what I would like, and I give them red velvet. While it's a nice um, gesture, for lack of a better term, it misses the mark because I know them and I know their preference, and I could have done better. And so that's why the platinum rule is important. But here's the thing. One of the things about my leadership, my conversation style, and the way that I engaged is informed by leading teams. Um, early on in my supervisory career, I was one-offs, two-offs. We were all young. So, you know, it was just a matter of, hey, get to work on time. You know, wake up on time. You know, come here. Don't do this. Don't do that. Do this. Do that. You know, it was very instructional. Um it lacked the mentoring because, you know, no failure of mine. I still needed some mentoring. I still needed to grow. And so it was just, uh, it, was, it was the professional bearing, right? But, you know, as I became more seasoned, had more time in, had more experience, then my leadership had to take on a different element. And it took on the element of leading teams, of leading small teams, leading medium-sized teams, leading very large teams to leading an entire command. And there is a level of um, focus that you have to have when you're leading medium to large to very large teams because there's not a lot of input that you can get from the entire team every time a decision needs to be made. And so you learn how to gauge your team and to understand your mission. And so I got into a place where I was making decisions that would impact people. And so I would automatically put on the hat of what do they need? What do they want? What are strengths, weaknesses? What are the opportunities? What are the threats? Uh, what are the concerns? What are the cares? You know, what what's the litmus test for success and failure? How can the how can these decisions move us forward? So, a lot of times it wasn't just about oh I'm making a decision that impacts me and my circle, but I was making a decision that would impact people that were um, far far away from me in other states, other countries, you know, across the water, all of these things. And I was making decisions that would impact our organization, not only today and not only next week and next month, 
but that would impact our organization for years to come. And so you learn a certain way to kind of um, navigate that. The problem is it can become arrogance. Now understand that that is not a superior way of decision-making or looking out for others, or it is not the only way. It is an effective way in certain situations. A lot of times we're dealing with interpersonal, one to two to maybe three people uh, or making decisions in the moment. You have to use a different set of skills and a different set of decision-making processes. So let me not be on record as speaking as if the way I made decisions for my command and for my teams was the best or the only way. It was a way I deemed effective for these um, unique situation and position I found myself in. And it has a lot of value. You know, you learn how to use a lot of logical and experiential thinking and have the right kind of meetings and get the right kind of input to get consensus and all of these things. But if you had to have meetings and consensus and all of that about what your family wanted to have for dinner or what your spouse wanted for Christmas, like that's that's a lot. And obviously, a lot of times of making decisions like that, if you did it that way, you wouldn't make the decision in time. So, again, there's just to say that there is a lot of value in making it happen in different ways. And one of the things is when you get to a point where you perceive yourself to be very good at a specific skill, especially a decision-making process. So I'm operating in the high level of platinum rule thinking, and I'm making decisions that are good for so many other people outside of me. A lot of times these decisions, I won't say they were bad for me, but they had no impact on me because, uh, or impact on my operations because I was past that part of my development, my career and my timeline, especially those last couple of years, my career was virtually almost over. So let alone where I was in my development, but a lot of decisions, I wouldn't even be sitting in the seat to watch them be executed. And so that took a special type of handling and carefulness. So, Operating in the high platinum rule, when you get arrogant, you start to forget. As I opened up and I talked about the platinum rule, there has to be a connection. And to gain that connection, there has to be communication. Because it's no longer the platinum rule when you are deciding that you're treating someone how they would want to be treated, but you're deciding how they want to be treated and it's not them, you know? There were some scales and markers in place that kind of helped me make my decisions. Like, you know, because this is a military organization, there were needs and there were there was a funnel of things that could be achieved individually and as a group. So I could make decisions based on these. This is the best way to get them the experience for promotions and the experience for success in a specific career field and get the experience so that they can move further in their career, get career status, uh, get on track for retirement, get on track for this, that, and the other. So I had some built-in metrics that helped me make platinum rule-oriented decisions. 
but I still needed to communicate with my people. I still needed to create ways to get organic communication from them. Listen, I could say, oh, yeah, I went up there. But the thing was, I was the chief. I was the senior enlisted leader. Man, a lot of times, one of the things that frustrated me most about that situation is because of my position and because of my power, I didn't always get authentic feedback. So you have to use things like your direct first line supervisors. You have to kind of talk with them and get information based on the conversations they're having with people. You have to learn how to use, um, you have to learn how to use, had to learn how to use surveys, uh, anonymous surveys, had to learn how to have open-ended town halls and all this. And even with all of these tools, you still couldn't always get um, the most honest feedback, but there had to be an honest attempt to keep your finger on the pulse of the organization. And one of the things that helped keep the communication more open is integrity and showing and consistency and showing up and being exactly who you say you are and being open and honest. Uh, one big part of integrity, you know, we could talk about the wins, but sometimes we have to be honest about the failures. You have to have open conversation so that you could get an idea of what the organizations really needed. And so I had to make sure I did that. You know, I had to make sure that I was having these conversations. And uh, I believe that I did an excellent job, but I do believe that there were areas in which I failed. You know, there's always space for growth. The biggest room in the house is the room for improvement. As a matter of fact, that is also known as probably one of the biggest rooms in the world. And that is the room for improvement. And so you've got to be able to cultivate that empathetic communication and empathy you know, sympathy is feeling sorry for someone, but empathy is an attempt to understand how they feel. I don't want to categorize empathy as knowing how somebody feels, but you at least desire to be in this space. Like sometimes people go through things and you just don't have any way of understanding, you know, what they've been through. But, you know, to be there and to give them space to feel what they feel and to you know, be serious about what, what's going on. You know, empathy is saying, I am making an attempt to understand you, not to place my thought, my belief, my, um, you know, my intentionality or any of those things that belong to me on you and to read it as if it were me. Empathy is saying, I just truly want to understand where you're coming from, what you're feeling, what you're perceiving in this situation. And so to have that kind of communication means that this is communication in an attempt to get the realest version of you and what you need, what you want, how you're feeling about a thing, uh, what your idea or plan for the future might be. All of those things, you know. Right. So empathetic communication is important as a leader and in groups. But I tell you where empathetic communication becomes extremely important in your interpersonal relationships. You know, the assuming um, I make a lot of assumptions for LJ because he's nonverbal and there's a lot of wind there. But what I love about LJ is LJ ain't shy. 
<laughs> so he'll tell you one of the most hilarious experiences, man, we were out with a bunch of buddies and uh, we were passing around, you know, an hors d'oeuvre that we had on there. And LJ had looked like he was interested in it. And when they passed the LJ, he put his hand up like, nah, I'm good. I don't want <laughs> He's willing to tell. And because he's willing to tell me what he don't like, what he's not going for, I'm willing to listen. And there's that flexibility that we have built into our schedule, that we have built into our life, because there are so many organic opportunities where LJ will show me what he wants, what he needs, and what he prefers. And instead of trying to put him on my schedule so much, sometimes empathetic communication, I allow him to communicate it to me in a way to which he feels like it. And it was a running joke. A uh, gentleman met LJ and uh, his auntie, Jessica Joy, was saying, yeah, he's nonverbal. And the gentleman said, him? Nonverbal? Nah, he might not talk the same way we do, but he's definitely verbal. Like, he letting us know how he feel, man. And I just thought that was such a blessing because a lot of times I get asked, you know, how do you communicate with LJ? And I'm just like, that's a hard question to answer because LJ going to make sure you know what he's talking about. He going to let you know. Like, and you know, cool dude. And obviously, I could talk about my son on and on and on and on. Uh, so we'll go off of that tangent. But we'll go platinum rule thoughts, empathetic communication. And so the platinum rule is doing unto others as they would want to be done to them. And it's important in that platinum rule that we understand that the easiest and most direct path to understanding what other people want is to communicate with them and give them a chance to answer honestly and to answer, you know, in a way that works for them instead of trying to make people answer how we want them to answer, you know? So empathetic communication. And as we get into this holiday season and as we get to closing, Take the platinum rule into consideration. What are the important people in your life? What are they desirous of? What do they want? How do they desire to navigate situations? Take them into consideration. Add that communication because sometimes we can get arrogant. Think we know what's best for somebody or for other people who ain't us. <laughs> I think both of those are the same thing, right? Yeah. And so, as you improve your relationships, both personally and professionally, I want you to implement the platinum rule, and I want you to implement empathetic communication. Listen, I've truly enjoyed having this opportunity to share with you, and we gonna shoot the deuce and close like we always do. Listen, I can't help myself. I've got to inspire. I've got to empower. I've got to encourage. But I can't help myself by being the absolute best version of myself. And guess what? You can too. So why not we do it together?